But I think as a, just as a person, but as a, as a leader, if, if you take yourself too serious, it's really hard to grow. And if you don't take your job serious, you're not going to dabble into different avenues to try to learn and try to improve and, 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 and try to get better at what you do. And so I think there's a certain humility, humility that comes with that. Welcome to the Jamoti podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Today we are joined by the head men's basketball coach at Concordia University, Texas, Stan Bonowitz. He's led the Tornadoes to 232 wins in his 17 years as their head coach. He's also in his seventh year as the Associate Director of Athletics. Coach Bonowitz's squads have averaged 90 points per game in six of the last eight seasons, including being ranked fourth in the nation in scoring offense with a 96.9 points per game mark in 2016-17. Concordia has also led the ASC in scoring 13 of the last 16 seasons. He graduated as the all-time assist leader for Texas Tech with 435 assists and held that record until 2010. While being coached by his father in high school, Coach Bonowitz led San Antonio's East Central High School to the 1995 Texas State Championship with a perfect 35-0 record. He was also named Mr. Texas Basketball that season and was later inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Before we hear from Coach, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamoti Podcast. Well, Coach, I, I, my first question for you is, how does it feel to be the second greatest player that I've ever had on the podcast. How's that feel? It's kind of uh, kind of outstanding, man. I'm, I'm surprised I made the, the top five. Who, well, uh, I, I dare, Darren Williams. One. I chose Darren Williams over you. Uh, fair. Uh, that's okay. But you're <laughs> you're in front of Jeff Clarkson. And I'll that's, tell, I'll and tell you why. That's kind of all that matters. <laughs> that's right. I'll tell you why, though. Because when we were down at TABC and, and Jeff and I were talking about you, right. he, he just – made the comment like well you know he was an outstanding player i was like no i i, I didn't really know that I, I think you know when you graduated uh colleges right when i was getting in so we were yeah that, so i that, think we just missed each other yeah yeah you yep. graduated in 2000 yep. i started in in mm -hmm. the fall of 2000 but so I, I didn't know that and and but for him who he is one of the most confident players i've ever had the because uh, yeah. we played in adult leagues and stuff together right. for years for him to give you that compliment man that 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 meant a lot so you're yeah, number two well it's also i think it makes it easier to give those compliments when when you beat that person you know and since he is technically one and all time against me uh <laughs> see i think it's a little bit easier he's got that way. hanging on yeah, top he's of got that, that on me i remember you coach whenever i think if i'm correct i was when I got finished playing, when Bob Knight came to Tech, I was doing radio with him, and we came down and played. They came down and played Baylor, and Coach Bliss was there, and I believe, believe you were on that team. Yep. Yeah. Right? So right? my freshman year is when uh, Coach Dickey was was still at Tech, right? And then my sophomore, junior, senior year, Coach Knight came. So we definitely would have crossed over there. You know, I, you know, had maybe was it uh, Lucas and and with Lawrence Roberts maybe. Yeah, those were guys? those were the the talented years. Yeah, yeah we had the players, man. Yeah, yeah and, th and then we lost them all going into my senior year. <laughs> had six players and. No, I remember but, that too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but Coach Knight was. I mean, I, I always enjoyed getting to um, compete against him, and 
my For senior sure. year, uh, I, I just made the choice that because he usually would shake hands with the head coach right. and then bolt right after right. wouldn't go through right. the line. And so for yeah. years, I never got to shake his hand and senior year at tech, they beat us. We were up at, at half by four points with six players, but uh, they mm -hmm. beat us. And I just put him, I, my head up. I'm going to shake his hand. So when he was walking across half court, I just took off from the line and went right for him. Yeah. And he said <laughs> some really kind things to me that I'll just yeah. never forget. But that was like my highlight of, no. of that year. <laughs> it's funny. It's, you know, it's funny. If you grow up as a basketball person, which obviously you did, and I did as well, there were coaches you kind of looked up to, then you play against them. I had a similar experience with Jerry Tarkanian. You know, I grew up a Dallyard UNLV fan, and I was a sophomore at Tech. We played Fresno State out in Las Vegas, and it was his first game back to Vegas. Uh, it was a kind of a surreal uh, atmosphere, and, and we won the game. But, like, more importantly for me, that was kind of the same thing, man, the highlight of walking through that line at the end of it and getting to shake the shark, uh, you know, the shark's oh, hand. First of similar all, I mean, type of, of feeling. You you were – I mean, you you were an incredible player. Mr. Texas Basketball, uh, which is – or Mr. Basketball in Texas, sorry. And 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 then all-time assist leader until it was broken by uh, Robertson, Robertson later on. But, like, so you and I had very different – I averaged four and a half points a game for four years. Like I was yeah. a, I was a charge taker, great teammate, yeah. you know, raw, raw yeah. guy. So yeah. we had very different experiences, but like, you're right in the big 12 and playing, there were times where I felt like, I know I'm in the game, but I'm just going to take a second to acknowledge the fact that like, that's Roy Williams right there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's Eddie exactly. Sutton yeah. right there. Yep. That, yep. And then Bill Self came and then I'm running yep. out the floor and then, man, that's Bobby Knight yelling right, right. there. Right. And, and then, yeah. then you yeah. got to ask the question, why am I here? So right. <laughs> yeah, if you take too long to kind of figure that right. out, you'd be in trouble. I used to have to Rick Barnes. Well. I mean, yeah. the, the, the coaches were just incredible at well, that. Absolutely. And they still yeah, are, but yeah. Well, Coach, thank you so much for giving up your time and talking hoops. This has been a talk that I've been excited about because I love running and gunning. I want to figure out how you're how you average 96 points a game. But but more importantly, just to get to talk with you, learn more about your story. So thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You know, you've been able to play. Obviously, your dad was a great coach. And then you, you've been able to play for so many um, in college and then probably against what are some characteristics that you see in great leaders? You know, I think for me, as I've, as I've gotten older and kind of progressed and, and been able to, um, you know, branch out and, 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 and learn from, from others and, and pick up on some things, I think there's multiple characteristics that, that stick out. One is, and, and it's going to sound cliche but it seems like great leaders are, are, are individuals who are, who are kind of constant learners who are who are trying to improve um, as coaches as people who will step outside themselves uh, and and be uncomfortable and and dabble into areas that that are different to them and uh, are willing to listen and and apply uh, different aspects of uh, from from different professions into into what yeah. you do i think um i also think me and uh those coaches as, as a group of coaches i'm really really close with and we we are on a text thread and we talk all the time but one of the things we kind of talked about is the importance of taking your job serious but not yourself 
And I think that's, uh, I think that's really important, man. I think as a player, we stress that to our guys, but I think as a, just as a person, but as a, as a leader, if, if you take yourself too serious, it's really hard to grow. And if you don't take your job serious, you're not going to dabble into different avenues to try to learn and try to improve and, 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 and try to get better at what you do. And so I think there's a certain humility, humility that comes with that. And you have to be willing to, um, you know, to accept and to, and to know that, that what we're doing again, uh, is fun, but, and it's, and it's, it's a job, but it's, it's not, um, it's really not that important. And you have to, you got to know that, you know what I mean? Like you got, again, you got to take it. You got to take what you're doing serious. You got to come into work. You got to put the time in. You can't skip stats, all the stuff that, that as a player, you got to apply to as a, as a coach. Uh, but, but you can't, uh, you can't be somebody who's, who's, who's stubborn and, and unwilling to, to adjust, adapt or change or, or try to try to grow from, from who you are. If I'm the same person now that I was, I'm 45. If I'm the same person I was at 35, that's, that's pretty disappointing. And then I feel I'm the same person 10 years from now. Uh, that's even, that's even more upsetting. So, uh, I think great leaders are, are readers. I think they're people who, uh, again, will read, uh, you know, obviously sports leadership type stuff, but also we'll just read, we'll read fiction, nonfiction. Like, I just think there's, there's a lot that if you can, if you can challenge yourself and stimulate yourself, I think you can do nothing but grow. And if you grow, I think you got an opportunity to be, to be better at whatever it is you're doing. What do you like to read? You, 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 anything you're into right now or that you just finished? You know, um, I, I, I kind of bounce around. I've, I've read, uh, kind of fiction, nonfiction. Um, um, you know, I, I finished, uh, there was a, a book uh, that, that was written on the Lakers, uh, hmm. the, the three-peat kind of Kobe Shaq years, which was, which was fascinating and uh, kind of provided some insight that didn't realize some of the stuff that was, that was, that was happening during that time. And, and, and then, you know, I like to, you know, like, like Ryan Holiday um, is one that, you know, James Clear, guys like that who, who, Again, I, I, at some point, I think you can read, like I like to, to read, to grow as, uh, again, as a, um, as a leader, but then I, I just can't stay in that genre of nonfiction for, for too long. I have to, uh, there's only, I have to change it up and, and have variety, kind of like with most things, I, I, whether you're doing a workout, whatever it is, you, you have to kind of change it up or you're going to get stale. So I, I try to go back and forth between, between the two, between reading you know fiction stuff and, and nonfiction. that's a really good point earlier about not taking yourself too seriously and but but at the same time if we're not taking our job seriously or our programs our, our players are going to feel that and, 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 and excellence won't be obtained and because that yeah. is the goal not perfection but excellence I, I think younger coaches and and i'm really just speaking from experience we come out thinking I know a lot about this. I can really mm -hmm. do this. And I've got it pretty much figured out so that we don't have a growth mindset. We're pretty fixed. And then right. for most of us, we get our tail whipped for a few years. Hopefully we don't lose our job, but we have multiple losing seasons or, or just, and we're just frustrated. And then we learn that lesson. You know what? I, I don't have this all figured out. What, what advice do you have for younger coaches that so they can maybe sidestep that landmine of, taking themselves too seriously right off the bat and forgetting their why a little bit. 
Yeah, I think you have to remove outcome from the definition or the, from defining you as a coach. And that sounds really um, simple, but it's difficult. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we can't help it as competitors. You can't help but at the end of a game have a certain feeling whether you win or lose. You know, that one's going to take you to a high, the other's going to take you to a really low place. But I think managing that and understanding that that it that it doesn't matter. Like it does, but at the end of the day, you know, what matters is what what does your team look like? Are they bought in? Are they engaged? Are they playing hard? Are they selfless? Are they about each other? Like you can walk into a gym and you know you can hopefully you can see what a program's about pretty quickly into whether it's how they're warming up how they're acting on the bench, how they're competing uh, during adverse times, like all that stuff. And, and, and to me, if you, I, this past year, we were eight and four to start the season. And, you know, and, and to, the, to the average you know, person, to people maybe within our department or people on campus, we were off to a great start. You guys were playing well and we were not good. Like we were not a good team. We were, we were not guarding the ball. We were not blocking out. We were not like, we had a lot of flaws that um, weren't being exposed. And then we went on a spell where we lost 10 games in a row and all of them, not all, six of them were one possession games. They were Mm. free throw games. They were little things, but through that process, it was terrific because it gave us a chance to grow and fix and to, to see kind of what, we needed to do with clear eyes to get better so that by the end of the season, we gave ourselves a chance in the conference tournament. Um, we were playing our best and, and, and we had a chance to win a game against a really good opponent and we showed growth. And I, I think that, I mean, process is used a ton, but if you can remove Jason, ego, Jason Garrett wore it out up here, oh, but, uh, but, but, clap, it, yes. but he but was right. Can, <laughs> but it, but, but it is true. And if you can, yeah. but, the, but the hard part is, like that's the, a book that was really big to me uh, was Ego is the Enemy uh, by Ryan Holiday, because at the time it just it, it put some perspective. It made me really think about the idea that like that it had to be uh, negative about it, but like nobody really cares. Like it's not that important to other people. And so you got to quit worrying about losses or so much about what you feel like people are thinking of you and people aren't. It's like, and if you start to, if you, and if you feel that and you start to put that onto your team, it heightens pressure. And so it's, it's the idea of, man, we're going to like, all we're going to care about is improvement. And if you, it's like, hey, you were, you know, you were a, a, a division one, big 12 guard that played at the highest of levels. And you know, like making shots is tough. Making threes, whether open guard or whatever is tough. And if you base all of your, like, your who you are on 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 just the makes, it's going to be hard. But it's like, are you doing the steps before to give yourself an opportunity to make it? And if you are, then all you can do is is hope it goes in. And that's kind of what we tell our guys. It's like, man, all we can do is practice, compete, not skip steps, not you know, and, and focus literally on the practice, the game, and then hope you know during the game we we do what we're supposed to do. Shots go in. Uh, and we win. And and if we do great, if we don't, let's see what was good or bad, and let's move on to the next one, and not not get caught up 
for, I mean, of course we're going to be upset. Of course, we're not going to walk out feeling good about it. And we're not going to, we would never allow that to be a standard, but it's also, I look at it, it's kind of a season's like an, like an experiment. And I think you spend the season dabbling in with what formula works, works what, what you put here, what you put there, and you just continue to, to fine tune it until you find what works. And hopefully it's sooner than later, but you want to find that so that when it gets to the end of the year, you're playing your best. And, and But you can't do that if you're basing everything on did we win the game? Because wins can be so deceiving and they can make you think something about yourself that you're not. And they can it, complacency can creep in and it just makes it um, it's dangerous. And so for us, I'm at a point where for good or bad, I it, like it does not it does not impact. Uh, it doesn't it hurts, but it, it, I, I am able to navigate it better at this point because I'm able to really, really, um, you know, enjoy the steps of 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 a season and, and taking them for what they are. Coach, that's very Ted Lasso of you no, to, to have that, have that mentality, but which uh, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I love that, that shift um, away from resulting to uh, taking every game for really what it is, not the end of the mm-hmm. world, but a learning experience. Have you always been that way? Uh, or no. is that something like, what was kind of the big moment for you where, you realized I, that w- the path you're on is it can't work. Well, I think um, I think honestly, reading that that that, that the reading that book, Ego is the Enemy. I think it just kind of brought yeah. some perspective at, to me and allowed. And I read it during one of our seasons, maybe six, seven years ago, and it kind of opened me to thinking more, just along those lines. And again, if you see us, if you saw us after a loss, you wouldn't, you would. I mean, again, we're miserable. We're not happy. We're not, I, I, nobody on the team said we're not, if we're having an eight hour bus ride, there's no, there's no talking. Like we're not celebrating it, but we're, but it's not bearing us. And we're not, you know, it, it doesn't keep me up the same way because, again, I know that, that there's, there's more to play. And I know that we're just really trying to, um, you know, we're trying to, trying to figure it out. Even, even when we're winning, and you know, and I've kind of we kind of adopted uh, a mantra of like we, and when we try to recruit to that, like we try to recruit guys who we feel like will fit in that with that mindset, and and you know, guys that are, as we say, people we want to lose with, as bad as that sounds, like because when you win, everybody's great to be around, everybody's enjoying it, the meal's good afterward, yeah, like good everything's idea. good, but it's like. No, man, when we have to drive back eight hours this past year after we lose in Arkansas, who do I want to be on the bus with? Who do I want to stop at that Bucky's at two in the morning and be around? Like that is what matters. And I think if you have those people, then you can teach them and you can coach them. And it's up to you as a coach to that's where you got to grow and you got to learn and you got to adapt. And it's up to me to, to spend my downtime trying to get better. So I give those guys. Uh, an opportunity because I can't preach process and can't preach steps and then on my own be lazy or on my own not try to get better on my own not try to uh, adapt and grow and stay modern with what we're doing offensively defensively like if I just get lazy and and say process let's a cop out it's like no I gotta I gotta invest in the I gotta invest in my in my off season so I'm getting better and so I'm learning so I'm progressing so again I'm not I don't want to be the same person I was 10 years ago I'm the same coach I want to be 
I don't want to fall behind the times of, of what's happening with the game of basketball. And so, you know, it's not, you know, we're not going to skip steps. So it makes all that kind of work a little bit easier. Coach, if you don't mind, I'd like to give um, maybe my experience real quick on yeah. kind of learning that because I, I, I'm five years younger, but I feel like I, I did finally get to a point. I'm still trying to get better and better with that type of mentality, but I, I typically don't like to tell too many of, of my stories. So if you'll indulge me, no, um, yeah, so there's two, two, uh, two things that happened to me that helped me realize one, the path that I was on was destructive. I was probably wasn't going to be coaching for very long and, and was going to damage relationships. With my players, my first, I came from McKinney high school with Wes Watson, where we together worked on this style of pressing and running and gunning and really enjoyed it. And so I brought my first year at faith five, a, you know, five, a taps about a size of a three, a public school. So not the biggest school, but brought this style over. And that team was just the right athletes. They trusted me and skilled. And so 373 is the first year they had never Mm -hmm. done anything like that. Personally, I had never seen anything like that. So we started to develop as a program this idea of we are the best shooting program. That right. that's what we hang our hat on. Nothing wrong right. with that. But the next year, we made four hundred and twenty-three, but we were fourteen and twenty-one. Right. And I felt like this idea of fourteen and twenty-one that doesn't really matter. Like, what's this number? What's this number that we're getting to? But then I, you know, I started to feel like I don't know if my players really care about that. But this is who we are. The next year, we make four hundred and thirty-two. And we did have a little bit more success, but it was, here's, here's my moment. It's the spring after that season. And I'm looking at the NFHS records for threes. I'm sitting in my study hall, looking that up. And I realized, man, we're, we're, we can qualify for tons of these records team per game, all this stuff. There's about eight to 10 that we would. So I, I printed out all the forms, filled it out sent it in and I'm just sitting around there for a month because this is all about me. Right. And this is about the the system that I've brought here and all the records coach. They, they emailed me back and they said, wow, thank you for sending this in. But because you're a private school, we don't acknowledge that your, <laughs> your records. Right. It was like a punch in the gut, this realization yeah. of this doesn't matter. Right. Like yeah. nobody, nobody cares. My players didn't even care. I was the only one <laughs> doing this. So that was a yep. good moment. And then really working for PGC for five years. I mean, the, yep. the coach that I entered in there, um, very different than when I left because you really just, uh, and the whole idea too, of just making the big time where you're at, but not yep. not taking yourself too seriously. All the reminders that you've already given us, those two yep. things. Well, we, we joke all the time, me and, uh, Andre Cook, the coach of St. Ed's, we always joke that, like, in our lives, there's, like, three people that care. That, you know, how our game, uh, our wives, um, just because it kind of puts us in a weird mood. Uh, my parents, uh, and that's about it. And, like, even, like, like my assistant, he, 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 he's all in, he's invested. But, like, like Coach Cook will talk, and, and, you know, if we win, lose, whatever, like, he'll be upset for us. I'll be upset. But it doesn't, it doesn't, like, if he loses, it doesn't change my appetite. I'm having my dinner. I'm having, you know, like, like I'm going to be upset with him for about 15, 20 minutes. And then I move on back to my life. Because as a majority of individuals, we don't have enough headspace to think about other people because we're so consumed with ourselves. Mm. And that's just a flaw 
but it's just it is what it is and we well, it's, it's and, what's and, right in front of us yeah it's right yeah. in front of us and so yeah. but as coaches you get so caught up in scoreboard you get so caught up in that that it just can just bury you because you think all these people are judging you and they're all making these guys a good coach and they man you know if you we always talk about if you go we, we, him and i joke about if you go into a restaurant and you know you can you know if a waiter comes over and they see your coach and they ask how you're doing and one coach says you know hey i was five and 25 they're going to kind of go you know that kind of give you a look like oh it's tough here coach and the other coach hey how are you 25 and five oh they're celebrating and excited for you and like they may have no idea that the 25 and five coach was was playing a weaker schedule was playing with guys that were uh just straight talent and coach of the five and 25 may have had injuries may have had you know uh eligibility she could have all kinds of stuff happen but the the layers of it they don't know and so it's like the people who know know and that's what matt I, again and, and that and then and then play and, and your players if your players see you committed to them to their growth and and that i think it's easier also to connect to players when they realize that outcomes don't dictate your relationship with them it frustrates you and it gets you upset but like if you can truly commit to their growth by being process driven and being you know non-outcome driven and we're about the outcome of you performing and you maxing out for that day and getting the most out of that practice out and i think it it, it, it allows for there for you to get through those tougher times a little bit easier with with that group so um it's challenging and i think as a young coach um it's uh it's something that you have to navigate and, and just kind of kind of work through you know the jamoti podcast is powered by sideline interactive sideline interactive is the leading manufacturer for high quality innovative scoring tables and led video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans create huge fundraising opportunities and make their jobs easier Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. Coach, what are some of the standards, pillars of your program? You know, we have, um, looking at before we spoke, just kind of uh, get my mind kind of wrapped around. We, we put together something we call, it's a culture pie. And it kind of encompasses, um, we, we, we have, again, the season, we have a first team meeting. We, we let, our, let our players, um, you know, we have a couple usually, captains, leaders, I don't necessarily sign captains, but we have guys who I feel like we can trust with these ideas to communicate with, with the team. Uh, and, and, and they kind of, uh, there's five of them. Uh, and and the, they're not going to be different to any, for most, but uh, one's mentality. And it's the idea of just, you know, we want to gas out and we want to, you know, it's something that, that you'll hear a ton uh, in our, in our program is the idea of, of, operating with urgency a big uh word in our programs urgency is is i'm going to coach you with urgency i'm gonna we're gonna uh move from station to station or from lift to lift from drill to drill with urgency uh and we're gonna you know we're gonna if we're running on the baseball field if we're in the weight room if we're whatever we're gonna gas out and so it's like every play we we our goal like when i got finished playing i could have maybe gone and played overseas. I had some options, but I felt like I had done everything I could hmm. to get myself the best opportunity to be the player I could become. And I didn't really have a whole lot left undone. 
And I feel like with our guys, if, if we can accomplish that for them, then when they get finished here, they can, whether it's in the season or into their career, they can turn the page. I think so many guys can't turn the page because they don't do that. They don't make the sacrifices when they're playing. They don't, I tell them, hey, like it was hey, to get the play for me, getting the play, it was very lonely. There was there was summers missed, there were holidays missed, there were breaks missed, there was a lot of stuff I had. There were social events, there were proms missed, there was spring breaks missed, like all that stuff I had to be willing to sacrifice because of my limitations if I was going to have any opportunity to reach my ceiling. And so, I, you know, we have guys that have a much higher ceiling than I ever had. And I want them to experience that because it does create some of your greatest moments. But also when I'm done, I don't look back and go, man, if I would have just yeah. committed a little more time here, it's like, no, I, 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 I literally gassed out. I, you know, I, I made sacrifices. I did what you have to do. And you know what? It was good enough to get me here. Could it get me to the pinnacle of where I wanted to go? No, but that's okay. At some point, physical limitations come in. At some point, my ceiling is reached. And I'm good. But as long as I built that house, like yeah. I would tell our guys, some guys ceiling can give them a two or three story house. Mine was probably a one story house, but I but I built it and I lived in it and I was good. And once it was time to, to move out, I could move out because I had invested everything I needed to invest. And and that's kind of what we want for them uh, for the for each season, you know, so that you're done and, and you're like, all right, coach, I'm good. I'm moving on. Uh, you know, we're we're good. And so. You know, we, we talk a ton about that and about just what that looks like, what that means, and try to remind them, you know, of that. Coach, that, that's so good. I, I don't think I've ever heard um, another player or former player, because that's you coach, but the former player talk about it like that. And and I think you and I, our stories are very similar. Even though you were a better player, the idea of maxing out what we had, like I tell my players all the time, athletically, that level was too high for me. Yeah. It was too, too. good. They yeah, were too, too, they were too fast, too, too strong, yeah. too long. So what I could do in high school really didn't translate, but yeah. I had to find a new path. 100%. And so yeah, had to find a niche. And that's what I yeah. said. Like find your niche. Like I averaged 30 some points a game in high school. Did it? I wasn't doing that in the big 12 no. and that's fine. And I, I, I was again, self-aware enough. Yeah to know if I'm going to make it, I better find a niche. And so, especially as a freshman, I was on a team with pros, with, with Jason Sasser and Tony Petit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I wasn't like, it was a joke in the weight room, what I was doing compared to what they were doing. And on the, on the field, I wasn't going to, so I had to create something that made me valuable. Yeah. And if I didn't recognize that and I tried to be who I was in high school, I would have been a fool. Like that wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. And so I tell our guys, it's, it's no every, it, levels or levels. It's all relative, like fine create your niche, force us to play you because you bring a value that you see we need recognize, be aware, study, see what we're doing, where, what we, what are we talking about constantly? Adapt that. You do that. Cause again, nobody, I was saying nobody's ever scored a point from the bench. So your goal is to get on the floor, yeah. figure that out. What niche can you bring that will give you that opportunity? And so, um, yeah, we, I mean, we talked, Again, and nothing about that. We talk about community, and I'll go through these quick. But the second one is is communication, which again, that's nothing. That's but to us, it's more about open and honest conversations. Like if you if you're fraudulent with your conversations, if you're if you're telling me what you think we need to hear, if you're just speaking words to be spoken, that doesn't work. That's not real. Like we want to have real relationships. We want to have real conversations. We want to be able to talk to you 
in a way that's not robotic and scripted and like, no, we try throw that stuff out the window and we try to open a channel for, uh, again, it's not even like harsh conversation. It's just real conversation. It's just real people having run. Sometimes, you know what? There's nothing to talk about. It's fine. You don't have to. Uh, I think when you organic or when you script uh, events or you script to me, it becomes, it becomes fake. It becomes fraudulent. Like, I, I want organically for things to happen and for conversations to flow and for, you know, people to be able to, but also to have difficult conversations, whether it's with the coach, whether it's player and player, like be okay with that and understand like that's part of a team becoming a real team as opposed to, you know, these families and, and this stuff is like, that's fine. But like most functional families are able to have tough, you know, real conversations. It's the dysfunctional families are the ones that, 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 operate with that level of like ambiguity where there's not clarity and so we try to have real whether we're coaching we try to be honest and have again difficult conversations on what we see we're going to be we're not going to try to mask it if we see something and and you know we want but we're also going to be honest with our praise and our, our like we, we, we want to be again to our best of our ability as real uh, as we can be uh so third one's trust you know just just building trust amongst each other being a person of your, you know, say you're going to do something, do it. You know, I'm going to do that. If I tell you I'm going to be up here to open the gym, I'm going to do it. If I tell you I'm going to meet you, I'll get you a tutor for stuff. We're going to do it. So do the same, you know, like I, and do it with your teammate, you know, and, and, and do it every, like do it that day and then put it on repeat and do it the next day and do it the next day and do it the next day. Um, uh, response is a big one to us. And that's kind of a, I got, that's kind of a Victor Frankl, the man search for meaning, uh, where he, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but he talks, you know, a, a ton about. Uh, he was, he was, he, he was a survivor of uh, Auschwitz, and mm. talks about that came up with the idea of this. It's called logotherapy, but came up with the idea of stimulus first response, and in between those two, kind of dictates your life. You know, there's a stimulus that's going to happen to you every day. How you respond dictates what's going to happen next to you. So we talk to our guys all the time of like managing that space in between, whether it's a bad call, whether it's you're not playing, whether it's you didn't get an open pass, you know, you thought you were open, you didn't get it, whether you hit a shot, whether you make a big play, like there's always that. So can you manage that and then respond appropriately? You know what I mean? Like, and that's something that uh, we, again, we will, we will point out, we will talk about, we will speak at nauseam about is that that stimulus response and making sure we like we crush we, we we recognize it when we are successful with it we applaud it when we aren't we work on it. and as a coach like I got to be accountable to it right like I, I got to understand when we're losing these games back to back you know how am I managing how's my response how am I managing that space in my head to make sure that I'm responding in a way that gives us a chance to to be successful. And then the last one is self-awareness just, and that's the idea. I think that's as important as any of them, because if you're not self-aware, basically if you can't get over yourself and remove your ego, you cannot grow as a person. And if you can't grow as a person off the court, then there's no way we can coach you. You know what I mean? Like if you're not self-aware to know this and this is what's happening, this is who I am. Um, you know, first of all, you're not gonna be that fun, that much fun to have around. If again, if you if you if you can't get over yourself and you take yourself too serious, but more important, I mean, as important, like, we can't. You're not gonna change. 
Like a a person that lacks in self-awareness kind of stays who they are because they're not willing to accept good and bad about what, what they are as a person. And it's our job, one of our jobs to kind of help them grow and see that and have conversations with them all the time about, about that and recognizing insecurities and recognizing uh, things that may be limiting them from being, maybe there's a, there's a fear of, a failure. There's a fear of pain. There's a fear of, of, of getting tired and like, don't create a, a mirage or a, a, a reason why you didn't make that line or why you didn't get to the help. Like, no, you just, just were, you didn't do it because this is what is going on with you. And this is what we got to fix. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And I've seen guys who have been great about it, who understand I've, and we've seen guys who just, struggle and and it's it's hard because they you know it's hard to change those behaviors that that would make them better here but then also is going to help them when they leave you know i think that's as important as any of it coach i love the the flow of that culture culture is a is a buzzword that mm-hmm. I think more and more people are struggling just to even use. And yeah. a former coach at Birdville, Coach Fitch, who had done it for 30 yeah. years, yeah. he said, man, we didn't even, we never used that word before, right. but it's just, so uh, your standards, the pillars, the way that you show up. TJ yeah. Rosine over at Emmanuel College says that self-awareness is a superpower. Yeah. And so I, I, I think he's right on the money, but the fact that that ends your culture, but you're right it will really shape uh, the rest of those words yeah, that, that you yeah. used. Yeah. You, I don't think you can reach any of them. I don't think a lot of stuff can happen. If you're, if I'm not self-aware as a coach, and that's what I think I'm, 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 I'm pretty, um, you know, I think I'm fortunate right now in that, like I only have, I have one assistant and um, he's terrific and he works extremely fits at a works hard and take himself too serious is self-aware to know, his good, his bad. So we can sit here and our relationship is so healthy and so real because we both understand our flaws. We both, and he can call me when I'm being ridiculous on something and uh, I can do the same. And, and it's, and, but we're both striving toward the same thing, but we're both aware that like, um, you know, there's areas of strength, areas of weakness. Um, and, and we're in alignment with that. And I think when you have that, it trickles down with your players because they see it. And they recognize kind of how we conduct ourselves. And it allows us to recruit. Again, you can see that in recruiting when you're talking to a player, when you're watching a play, when you talk to parents and you hear expectations and you hear kind of where they think they are and where they think they, what they can do. And you can pick up so many things just off when a kid visits campus and a player visits campus and you're walking around and the conversation you have, like you can realize, okay, this guy may struggle because he doesn't quite get it. Like he's not understanding this and this could be something that we can work with. Or I mean, this may be something that it will fit somewhere and it'll be good somewhere. It's just, we put so much stock into that, that uh, it's not going to, it's just not going to fit here. You know? Yeah. So coach, I was at the Gasso has done, they, they have this new camp. It's called link camp. And it's mm-hmm. a really cool idea. They just had one a few weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. where, you know, college coaches, uh, parents, and players are all in the gym together and, and right. can ask questions and talk, practice, scrimmage some. But the Kilgore Junior College was talking to parents, and he had just had this great nugget. He said, 
players, you got to find the level that loves you, you know, the one that's interested mm-hmm. in you, and mm-hmm. then find a way to love it back. Yeah, it's good. And like, that's yeah. good. So my yeah. question to you is, what advice do you have or can you give to coaches that have players that want to play in college, but the self-awareness, either it's with them or it's with their parents, there's a disconnect. How do we help them to see without, I mean, I, I even try to tell personal stories of guys, listen, uh, you know, 47 seconds against SMU play, you know, like really cool that I play D one yeah. ball, but like, I, you know, what, yeah. how, how can we help them? I think testimonies are good. I mean, again, I've, I've gone down that road myself um, a lot when freshmen are struggling once they get here, but you know, I think, that's tough coach. Cause I've had, I, I've had, um, uh, coaches from the area ask me that same question. And I, you know, the thing they've always done that I think has been good has been bringing, has, they brought them out to games and they've let them see with their own eyes kind of what is going on here at Concordia when we're playing anybody, uh, Marion Baylor, UT Dallas, they come and see that and they can, they may not want to say it out loud, but they can see the quality and the level, and it puts it. It makes it real to them. And I think, um, I think that I think I just think seeing it in person is so important. I think I think it allows them to have some perspective and to understand that just the opportunity to play college basketball in yeah, itself yeah. is is an achievement. Yeah. You know, and you have to have so many things go right for you. Like I had tremendous advantage. I didn't have physical advantages, but I had environmental advantages. I grew up in a gym. I grew up with my dad as a coach. I grew up on a bench where I was watching all the good and bad and learning how to act, how not to act. And I wasn't great at it. I was still like temperamental and not always considered, but I learned how to work like, and, 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 and people don't get that. And so like to be able to, you know, get, it's so hard to do it and to get it that that just getting recognized is special but again it's almost like a like a like a bad relationship right like you can tell them but until you go through it it's hard hard because every because i always say like when i i always like when i talk at those events i'm talking to everybody except that parent and their kid you know what i mean like so like so so they're here like everybody in there has the same mindset well he's talking to the person next to me he's not talking to me and so it's like i don't know how to break that down besides come see us play and realize that we have pretty good players and that we're playing pretty good we're playing against good players yeah and it's 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 a it's a matter of of uh i think it helps sometimes when you have high school players who are consistently playing against high level competition and can see, okay, that guy's clearly better than me. Even again, yeah, even that, that's it, a good point. Yeah. They can, I can say, well, okay, that guy, that's De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Yeah. He's different than I am. That's Carson <laughs> Edwards. He, um, I, you can start seeing some of that stuff. Uh, but again, the, 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 I think so much of that is, is, is parental. I think a lot of it is, um, is being talked to by coaches at, at, at a at a young level. That's the hard part. Right by the time you get them, um, and you're really really working with them, 
a lot of, I mean, you can still make impressions, you can still build, but also, I mean, it's kind of, some of it is it's who they are. And so getting people to understand that and accept that um, isn't always easy. But I think, you know, Texas, I think the Gasso guys, like you talked about, Blue and those guys and Sam, they're, and, and they're terrific. They're, they're, yeah. they're really, uh, they're trying to stretch it. They're trying to, in, in Texas, you go to the Northeast and, and like, I'm talking Division Three. And it's, I mean, you're, uh, again, Andre Cook at St. Ed's, he played Division Three basketball at Skidmore. And he always says up there, man, it's like, if you tell somebody they're a Division Three player, it's like, wow, that's really, I mean, you must be a good player. And in Texas, it's almost like a slap in the face, or it, ha- it has been in the past. Yeah. And, 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 and and that's just the reality. And so uh, it's, it's changing that mindset. Uh, and again, I think when you have people like, the Gasso guys who are getting coaches in front of these parents. And, yeah. and just, I think, I think a lot of honestly coaches just, I don't even think it's intentional. It's just lack of exposure, lack of familiarity. Anytime you're not familiar with something, you're not comfortable with it. And so I think just getting more familiar with the levels uh, and understanding what it takes to play division two, II, division three, NAI, junior college, division one, like what that looks like. And those lower levels are a lot of times skipped. Uh, just because, and I get it. I mean, everybody's dream is to play Division One. I. I don't fault anybody for that. Like, clearly, that's that's the goal. But it's also at some point, again, self awareness, being able to recognize, like, this is probably where I'm going to be. And and like Coach Kilberg said, you know, fall in love with it. If, yeah. if somebody loves you, you know, you better love them back, or you're going to be single your whole life. Going, you know? that's good. Going back to your very first pillar, though. And the story that you had, and, and, you know, we kind of already talked about it, but I think a lot of those players, too, obvious, like you had said, there are parts to life that's unfair. And, mm-hmm. and what, like Dick yeah. DiVenzio said, the, to desire fair treatment is to desire to be mediocre. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, it, but so there's a part of those higher levels where your height, your wingspan, your ability, yeah. I, I, I put a, I, told my players about tj ford the other day and because we were talking about the the next level and you know if you're six foot or under you just you got to be a little bit of a freak in yes. some ways and i said yes. guys I, I the one of the few times i've been on espn is because i was on the floor when tj ford dunked it on a putback yeah <laughs> and his elbow was at yeah. the rim I, yeah. so, so coach I, you'll laugh at this i go and i find that video on youtube it's and, and so I, I get that, but then I watch just the next clip. Well, man, coach, I got the ball. I'm dribbling down the sideline. I turn it over and I get scored on. The very next clip, I'm driving baseline and I get my shot blocked into the fifth row. I'm like, yeah. what the crap? Like, who put yeah. this together? But <laughs> that's my experience right there yeah. in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. You and, know, but but I, so I'm talking to these guys and like you want, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you no, off, but good. it's 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 some of the guys that besides if they don't just have the physical limitations, I believe the reason they don't get to the level that they want or uh, or it just doesn't work out is they don't max out. They don't yeah. do everything. They do look back because coach, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. You're the first person that's ever talked about their playing high school, playing career and college. And I thought, I feel the exact same way. I've screwed up a ton in my life. My 20s were a train wreck. But the one thing I don't regret is how I trained for the game. 
because yep. I don't yep. belong at that level. But you can get there if you are lonely, yep. give up everything, sacrifice, and have no regrets. And I think that's, but maybe but that's it, why it, we it's we hard. got there. It's hard. It's, hey, it's hard. Like again, I I didn't take a vacation, like from my freshman year of high school of high school till I was done playing and, yeah. and I didn't go on trips. I, I, uh, I, I would tip, I'd work six days a week. I'd take one day off a week and that was it. And that was for eight years. And again, I'm not saying that's the way to do it. That's uh, probably, it's probably, well, probably would have been a better balance. Maybe. Well, no I'm coach. Probably... I, I'm going to push back on that. Like I don't for, for the goals that you had to achieve yeah. those coach, I don't think you have balance. Yeah. I think you, you have don't. to be all in. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, again, unless you are an, an, an athletic, sure, talented freak that can just do it, like, you, yeah, it's, it's not, and again, it's not for everybody. And, 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 and that's the thing, too, I want to, I want to address, even though you and I are talking about how, how it's possible and how you can't do it, it's not for everybody. And that is okay. Exactly. Like it is okay as a high school player to not want. Yes. Yes. That highest level. Yes. And yes. It, it's fine. But right. don't wish. Exactly. Don't exactly. regret. Don't sit yeah. around asking poor me why when you right. take three weeks of vacation exactly. during the summer. I, I never I, skied. I never skied no. because I was terrified of hurting my knees. Coach, coach like you got to be that insane. Coach, coach, I was so ridiculous <laughs> that I in college literally made my roommates get rid of their gaming system. Because I didn't want to walk in because I felt like a video game and my eyes would mess up my jump shot. Like I was that obsessive with like being so tunnel vision into making sure everything I did aligned with giving myself an opportunity. And so, again, um, that's that's extreme. That, that's extreme. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. And, and, and I said some of it wasn't healthy, probably. But 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 there was such a. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going water skiing. Oh, I've been to like two theme parks in my life. I, I, I didn't have a whole lot of layers to to what I was doing because I was so and it got ingrained in me. You know, my dad was was a coach, and he always talked about it's got to be an obsession, not a hobby. I had an older cousin who coached for who's coaching, who does a lot of these individual camps now, uh, Coach V, and and I grew up with him, and he was you know all about working so i had good people around me to teach to help me understand that mindset uh but again it's not um and, and that's what we tell our guys like and it's okay like exactly it's okay i'm not saying you have to do that that doesn't have to be your life but again be self-aware and set realistic expectations based on what you're willing to put in and if you're not willing to don't be that person that is griping because they didn't get out, but they didn't put in. It's not like I, and that's where I tell my guys, like, I don't have sympathy for those people because I've been that person. And so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like feel for you. I'm not, and I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you, you deserve this and this. Cause I know from my own personal life, what I had to give up to, to get to a level that, you know, not that again, not many people, and, and, and to have a moderate level of success at that level, like to to you know to be able to be on the floor with with, with like you said, guys, I had no business being uh, on the floor with. I mean, you ask guys that I remember some of the when I showed up at the Tech Rec Center as a freshman. I remember 
some of the guys later telling me, like Darvin Ham and, and Corey, some of those guys saying, man, this is Mr. Basketball. I can walk in, I'm 185 pounds. Coach, my mom called me one time as a my freshman or sophomore year because the, the message boards were starting to come out you know, online. <laughs> and I had played up at the student, the slick, the student life center. Yeah. And on the message boards, people that had played against me that day said, this guy is on our team. Right. Like, and my mom called me and said, Hey, what are you doing at the wreck? That makes people think you can't play there. Like she was so. <laughs> just say, Mom, I'm just playing my game. <laughs> I was just, I mean, I'm kind of just up there to have fun. And I yeah. got this bullseye target, but you're yeah. right, man. You're exactly right. So, yeah, no, it was, it was, it's again, it's, and, and, I, and again, ultimately it goes back to it helped shape me now because as a coach, I try to have that, you know, that same mindset with, with, with a little more obviously perspective. But more than that, I try to pass that what we're talking about onto our players yes. and just try to get them to to wrap up. There's nothing better than when a guy gets finished. And, and they, they do have a chance to go play professionally. They're, they We've had a couple that have had an opportunity that are still pursuing it, and that's great. And the ones that don't, it's like, no, I'm ready to move on and do this and this. It's like, man, that's a win because you don't, you're not, you're not drifting. You're not holding on to something that's not there to hold on to. You're, you're moving on. And, and that is a good feeling as a coach to know you helped somebody reach that and, 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 and be okay with where they're going next. And we can't put our expectations on the players either. No, just because no. I see that this kid has ability uh, athletically or skill wise, he has a drive, a love and a passion. And I believe that he could play. I, my, my first thought goes to the best player that our schools ever has. His name was Dalton Standish. He, he graduated five years ago, uh, 2,700 points, 435 threes over his career. Uh, just a machine average 28 for two years in a row. But after a sophomore year, I asked, Hey, Dalton, you know, let's start thinking about this. And he said, coach, I don't want to play in college. And I, my heart kind of paused, like, why are you in my head? I'm thinking you work so hard. Like he, right. gave, he gave up what we gave up. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I said, well, Dalton, why, why are you doing everything that you do? He's like, I just want to be a great high school player. That's just, that's all I want to yeah. do. And yeah. I had to, accept that and then but you know what it turned into was extreme respect for that because it's yeah. pure you know yep. instead of you know, a carrot dangling out in front yeah. it's yep. pure yeah absolutely yeah coaches the jamoti podcast is powered by shoot 360 the future of basketball has arrived in dallas fort worth shoot 360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development the result is a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. 96 points a game, you've averaged that, you know, over, over multiple years. So it's not just a, you had one great team, uh, lightning in a bottle. You've been able to establish that type of culture with your team so your favorite style to play and teach what is it it's that I mean I, I grew up uh my father like I touched on was a high school coach in San Antonio and he, he got a job at uh East Central High School and he got it in the early 80s and when he took over it was it was not a very good program it was a program that had physical talent but they were always undersized they were always uh, a smaller uh, team and he was playing against you know bigger more physical teams and and after two to three years being there, we had moderate success. 
he came up with the idea of putting this group of guys in. He called them the wild bunch. And it was five guys. He'd put them in for a couple minutes and they'd get out there and press and go and run. And, and the crowd would get so excited about that part of the game. They couldn't wait for the wild bunch to come in. They would all <laughs> kind of watch. And then when they came in, they were, all of a sudden they were, they were, it's like a new energy went, you know, went into it. And something clicked in him and, and he said, you know what, I'm just going to do that. that. That's kind of what we're going to do as a team because that's kind of what our personnel is anyway. It makes sense. And so uh, I think in 1984, 85, maybe he adopted that. And so from there, he took like that school and that program to heights that it had never probably imagined it would get to as far as the level of success they were able to have, not only like from a, from a school standpoint, but what it did for the community, what it did to the city of San Antonio, how it kind of revolutionized the way basketball was played and it was so different. And so I saw that and it, um, uh, it just always stuck with me. You know, I, I, I saw it as a kid, I saw it when I played in it um, and we, we had success with it. And it was always uh, a way that I felt like gave a player the most opportunity to uh, express themselves and be creative and, and, and play uh, just kind of the game the way I felt like it, it should be played. And so, uh, you know, in college, I played a different style, had success. I just knew that, that when I started coaching, you know, uh, on my own, when that opportunity came, this is what I wanted to do. Now, how I would do it and the ways I'd go about it are going to be probably different than what we did in high school, and they are different. But uh, the mindset's the same of, of, you know, pressuring for 94 feet, you know, uh, make or miss. And that's why response is so important to us as far as our our, our – that culture pod talked there's about. No there's, there's no time. No time. No time. No. If you're if you're if you're celebrating a make, you're in trouble. If you're <laughs> if you're mourning a, a, a miss, you're in trouble. We, you know, we spend a lot of time. My my assistant a couple of years ago did, did a defensive breakdown and, and static, you know, where a majority of our turnovers were happening, where a majority of our, you know, our, our positive plays and so much uh came to our ability to guard after um, the, the initial transition, after a make miss. Like, the, the longer it took guys with the ball and balance, the more they struggled, the more success we had. And so we just, you know, with our guys, we talked at nauseam about getting to the next play because of how it impacts what we're trying to do uh, defensively. And so, uh, you know, our, our offense comes a lot of times, if we're good, it should come from our defense. Um, you know, we should, we should be able to turn – uh, five ball turnovers into uh, into easier baskets, but we're going to practice that way. It's kind of why, again, the gassing out thing fits with us because yeah. of the urgency of of how we play. You just don't have time to 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 relax and and hope again. I mean, it, 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 like you said when we first started, you know, as a as a young coach, you feel like it's going to work and you're going to beat everybody and you're going to, it's going to be perfect. And you realize along the way, man, there's a lot of flaws to it. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, you, you will, I've been humbled more than any coach probably needs to be humbled uh, doing it, but I believe in it. And um, I think it's a fun way to play. I think it allows players to really, really uh, get the most. Again, you got to recruit the players that fit it, but they get the most out of who they are. Uh, And it's not for everybody. People, you know, we recruit guys say they want to press and they want to do that. And when we're doing it and they realize, Oh crap! That mean you mean like we're doing this for ninety four feet? You don't realize how hard playing fast at the speed you're talking about is. Every coach says, "Yeah, I want to play fast." Right? How fast? Yeah, how fast? Exactly. Like right. <laughs> and you know, the, and the other thing I, I I learned from from my dad and, and being around it is the idea that you have to be all in. 
it's hard if you're really going to do it. Like, you got to be rolling. I'm, we're going all in, Mike. Rain, shine, whatever, win, loss. The minute you kind of, because it's all about imposing your will on somebody. It's, that's what it, for us, it's all about. We're going to do our best. Okay, not always successful. We're going to do our best to impose our will. Now, you may beat us at it, but we're going to impose our will or try to on the game and influence how it's played. So it's played on our terms. And if you're better than us, which, as I've said earlier, there were 10 games in a row last year where teams were better than us at it, then, then, then hats off. And we got to figure out why. But it's not going to be – I just – I we can't – because, again, players are going to fight it uh, because it is hard and it is different. And the, I feel like the moment you kind of budge and you kind of start, we're going to fall back. We're going to, I, I, you can kind of lose that. And so it's just kind of a battle of, 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 of it's just a mindset. And it's uh, something we work on every day. It's, it may become our practice. You would see it's, it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of who, at this point, the, you know, the one thing I feel like we've been able to establish in, in the time I've been here is, that that kind of takes care of itself, you know, like as far as the guys understanding how we practice, how we go about playing, like it's still, we work on it, but it's not the struggle that it was. Obviously when you first get some place and you're doing something different. How, how long are your players able to be on the floor at any given time? You know, we looked at, that's a good question. Um, we've, we've dabbled with, you know, three minutes, four minutes, um, we, we looked different periods. I think the, 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 an indicator we've talked to our guys about really, if we're playing as hard as we should in a 40 minute game, you should be able to play probably 23 to 24 minutes. Yep. It's probably right. Like if, uh, physically, if you're going to, if you're really going to, uh, do what we're asking. And, and then now with that, with that means you got to sacrifice because that means the minutes you're playing are, or lessened, and you're not playing 32, 33 minutes. But the possessions to... are more. So do you talk about more. that part? Because if they yes. can grasp that and yes. start looking at the clock, right? they'll yes. realize I can play for 24 minutes, but possibly get a quarter more possessions than what the dude down the road, down the highway right. is getting, yeah. playing 40 minutes a game, 35 yeah. minutes a game. Yeah, no, that's good. I don't. We probably haven't. Uh, focus on that enough, but I like that, and I'm going to use that because that is uh, no, that's good. No, that's something that uh, that it's a it's a it's a perspective that we probably haven't now touched on enough, but I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my my question then is because I'm I'm really excited to hear more about what you're doing. What are some of your influences? Maybe obviously your dad, but then also other systems that you've seen that you're kind of pulling from. Or is this just mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. your dad made it up and and then what are some things you're pulling from? No, there's multiple. My, my dad, obviously, we talked about my cousin, uh, Coach Van Landingham, Coach V. Um, he coached at McMurray back in the mid-90s. Uh, and they were, they were he, he did an unbelievable job. Then he, then he was a head coach at Our Lady Lake for a little while, did a great job with it there. And there's, you know, him playing for my dad. Uh, he took some of what my dad did and put his own spin on it and from some of the mentors he had. And so I, I, I borrowed from him. Um, we went up and played Whitman college uh, five, six years ago. And cause we were, we, we won our, we were up there in a classic and we played on a Friday night. We beat, uh, I forget the team we beat. 
they were, they were, it was, it was a team that was a decent team, but, and we played well, we shot it great. And we played, you know, and I felt pretty good about it. kind of that. It was open tonight, but good about it. Well, I'd never seen Whitman play. I'd never, I just had heard they were really good and, you know, they've always been competitive and whatever. So I remember they were playing so Ross after that night. And I remember I sat up in the stands and thought, Oh my Lord, like, we got no chance. Like these guys are, like, these guys are really good. Like, man, I don't know if we're ready for this. And so we played them the next night. And I mean, cause they were just really like, I've never felt more helpless uh. on a bench. <laughs> uh, cause they were just coming at you and they were just coming at you and they were relentless and they were just like, and it was like, man, these guys like props. Like after all I could say, I mean, I, that was like, that was impressive. Like, like, I, again, I was aware enough to know, like, okay, he is doing a much better job of this than I am. So I need to talk <laughs> to him. And uh, and he's been great. I, I, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now with the coach's name. But I spent uh, that offseason, I spent time uh, on the phone with him hmm. talking about kind of what they do, his offense as well, and just kind of how he taught stuff. And I went and studied their film on Synergy uh, that year. I mean, I was, again, I was like, man, we got to, we got to figure this because that in my mind is how we want to, I want to like, that's what we want to look like. And, and, and how do we get to that point? Uh, and so I was, again, I was not, it was not, uh, I had no issue calling him and, and trying to pick his brain and, and learn from him. So him, uh, Jeff Evans, a coach at, at, at Amarillo, Palo Duro high school. Uh, he's a friend, uh, but also like, he's somebody who I get a lot from. I mean, he is so good at what he does, and he is so – I mean, the man's – what he does with what he has uh, is off the charts. And if you see his team play, and it's phenomenal how hard they play, how the standard he holds them to. There's so many things he does from from how he, he, he watches film, how he coaches. Like, there are so many pieces of why, why he wins at the level he does that uh, – He's some again. We're at this point, you know. I talked to him yesterday. We hadn't talked in two weeks. I think it's probably the longest he, he mentioned, probably the longest we'd gone in six years without talking to each other. Uh, and so he's a friend as much as anything, but but he's also somebody who uh, who is really, really our initial relationship started because of our our love for for pressure basketball and playing yeah. the tempo. And so, uh, you know, he is he's good. So, I yeah, I I try to. I try to stay in touch with those guys. You know, I've gotten on the phone with Vance Wahlberg and, and I've, I've talked to him and, and tried to, you know, learn from him. But but immediate contacts and immediate in the past three to four years, those guys have, have really influenced me. And anytime we play somebody who's good at what they do, um, last year we played Trinity down in San Antonio, man. They, it's funny, we, we beat Incarnate Word to start our, on the open season. I should be a Division One opponent. Everybody's texting me and, well, you know, you guys are this and that. And, Tell our guys be careful, man, because we're playing a really good team here in three days. And and I and it was it was funny because that was on like a Tuesday night. And whenever we're driving back, we're eating pizza, everybody's excited. We're you know we're really good, we think. And uh, Saturday, uh, at, the game was at three. By like four thirty, we were down thirty plus. Uh, and the reality had set in. It was good for our guys because like, hey, fellas, just so you know, like this is that was division. These are division three players, like. This again, this is a good level. So now you're seeing it. But his uh, coach Smith just does such a great job with his his pace offensively. His 
his synergy numbers with his offense under four segs or something is off the chart. Hmm. Uh, how how well and how fast they play. So I, I you know I'll reach out to him and talk to him. I, I don't at this point, man. I, I don't have I don't have much much ego left in the you know. And so <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm no, kind but of all ego. I, you really I'm kind of it. egoed out. Yeah, but so. you, you ha- it's a good nugget though. You're when you're playing against even even playing against opponents, if it's your level or not. And they do something that you like. They do something that makes you feel like, I mean, I've looked over at my assistants before and go, man, that was nice. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. then, but then have the humility, like you're talking about to call them up. And that is a, a great thing about this coaches fraternity that we're a part of is the uh, willingness for so many to share. You know, my, yeah. my, my next question though, is like the, cause uh, coming, going back to coming to faith brought that, you know, uh, uh, Hoff power style yeah. pressing. Yeah. We yeah. that's what we were doing with Wes yeah. Watson and McKinney and yeah. makes yeah. or miss. We were in it, you know, read or yeah. rotate and dribble drive yeah. motion. So loving it. Yeah. But then, coach, I wanted to go faster and I want So I started looking yeah. out to see who are the, in my opinion, the fastest of the fast. How crazy can you get this? Yes. And you turn to Grinnell. Yeah. And you turn yeah. to Greenville. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to those guys. Yeah how much of that style or system are you incorporating? Do you ever dabble with the shifts? Because the shifts are extreme. Yeah. I've dabbled with the, sh- I haven't necessarily dabbled with the, even though I would love to, one thing me and coach Evans talk about is a lot is how, and this is what my dad was really great at. I don't know if he meant to be, but like being resolute with what you're doing, and knowing it's going to be this, and there's beauty and simplicity, and we're going to do it. And yep. I remember talking to Grinnell, uh, maybe the son at the time. I Coach Arsenal. Yeah, maybe Coach Arsenal. Maybe, yeah, a while back. And, and just kind of what they did and the simplicity behind it and how good it was. I've never had the courage to just do that necessarily. But we have dabbled uh, during the COVID year. Uh, we were having such a difficult time getting in practices. Mm. We were playing with masks on. And we were still trying to press. It was it was crazy. Like we were we were playing less games than most opponents. We were having guys. We were following the guidelines very very strange, which I was fine with. Yeah, which was good. It was just making it challenging in games. And so we were we were playing. I forget who we were playing. Maybe at So Ross or something. And we late in the game, we kind of started doing the mass sub. You know, offense for defense for offense. We went from being down six with the minute and a half, and we won the game. And I'm like, you know what? What if we did that for 40 minutes? What if we just like constantly sub deep that would be kind of fun and different and let's experiment with it because i mean it's COVID here what does it matter at this point uh and so we we dabbled with it a little bit um haven't gone back to it uh i don't know if i could uh, i think again it's something i think you gotta be all in with i know yeah. there was a, a yeah. women's coach in our league at louisiana college and uh he did it and he had a lot of success with it uh he, he went to multiple ncaa tournaments and his group was fun to watch uh, and he was all in with it. And I just, I know I'm not ready to be all in to that level, you know? And so I don't, I don't, um, I haven't committed to it. And I, I'm right where you are too, because uh, those, those, some of those tougher years that I've had before I went, I went there. I, I even did a parent meeting before the season <laughs> about the shifts, getting yeah. parents on board. Uh, you know, we're, we're a 5A tap school. This is the purest style. And I believe this It's the purest style of basketball that there is. Because mm-hmm. when you take when you take the fear for a player of 
I'm on the bench. When am I going to go in? You take that away because they know there's a shift chart that you're yeah. up soon. When you mm-hmm. take the fear of when am I going to get pulled out of the game off the table, you, they know they're going to come out. In yeah. my opinion, you get the fastest, most chaotic, and clear-headed players. Like there's, So I witnessed it. We were 6-1 and one doing it, averaging 94 points a game. And the purity, man, of seeing the joy from guys – yeah, twelve down, all get being a part of the game. Your bet, your better players, you know, being in. But that that's where we went back to the very beginning. Can you convince them that don't right. look at time, look at possessions? You are playing right. more possessions. But yeah. coach, it, it one I think at the high school level, it's difficult because if you add in football players, right, and then right. all of a sudden this this I mean the chemistry that you have is so important with that style. And then if you, some of your better players start to think, you know what, I'm not, I'm not into this getting the same amount of time as 12, you know, right. it fractures. And I, I don't think I was ever close to getting fired, but we, I did have a meeting with my AD after that year. And did so, we, yeah, about, you can't do that. And here's another thing too, with that style of play. I mean, we called it wild two on the ball, two interceptors, one safety yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. everywhere, always, yep. always yep. like no yep. stopping. I yeah. loved it. I, yes. I'm the kind of personality that, especially once you see it work, we're down 20 game. We won by 20. Yeah, like, yeah. it, it, oh, coach. It's like, I've never done crack, but I, I would yeah. imagine that's what it's like. <laughs> like, this is great. How yeah. can, yeah. how can I go back? Like, that's what right. I felt. But uh, the, the defensive side of it, I, this is one thing that's helped me. I think players and parents, they may not be able to see everything that we see but they have to be able to understand to a point. Right. And when our football coaches kid played on our team, asked the kid to ask me defensively, what's our purpose? What's our goal? I do not see it. We're at, we're turning yeah. them over 30 times a game. Right. And then if they're scoring, it's super quick. So we didn't even care about that. Right. Just get the ball right. back. They right. couldn't see it. And neither could my ID. And so like you, uh, I, I've just had to choose what's the fastest we can go that right. helps us win, but it's not to the point where we're losing a sense of uh, of what I guess what basketball is, or I don't know what, it, what it's yeah. supposed to be. Quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. you know, we played. Yeah, uh, two the 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 COVID fall that year. This was 2019. We played. We went up to Pacific, and they were they were they were doing it. They were they were all in. And I remember watching on film. And just being extremely concerned about how we were going to combat this, because I mean, it is, and it's, and it's, and I'm watching it also kind of envious a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like man, this is, this is fun. Like this is, this is it, you know. And so we played them that night in the first half. They were drove us. We end up coming back and find a way to win, but also like we kind of had better players, you know, that kind of helped us with that. And his the system allowed him at that time to be in games not necessarily just with us but in general with opponents that he probably didn't belong in games with and i think that's the great thing it's kind of like if you i don't know i've always thought if you could do it right it's it's kind of the great equalizer right like it's kind of like the air raid whenever mike leach first got the tech like that equalized the talent gap that allowed texas tech to 
move up as high as number two or three in the country because it spread everything out. Yeah. And it made get created more space. It allowed for and it was simple, allowed for more opportunities. It allowed now, as time has gone, teams got the teams of better player, bigger player, more athletes, whatever, got that implemented. And now that advantage was kind of gone that you had before. And so it's like, I think with that, if you if you have the right pieces, I think what it does is it allows you to stay in some games. And I think it also allows you to avoid losing games you shouldn't lose because I think it, I think it could also like it allows if you have better players it it I don't think it allows teams to stay in games because you're not you're not you're forcing them you're imposing your will I think the it's better just, team is going to win almost all the time and mm-hmm. if it's not them then that's what's going to happen but right. if it is them that's what's going to happen Right. And but yeah. then there's also like if you watch any of some of those videos from back in the day, the it, it's uh, in the locker room. It's the idea of guys. We're not going to talk about winning and losing. Hey, there's people that pay to watch you play. Let's put on a right. show. That's and the fun. pistol, the pistol Pete in me, uh, you know, is yeah. one of my idol. Like, it, yeah, I love that. But again, going back to you, because behind my little plaque there all my Grinnell books are back there there's about six of them uh (laughs) and I even read a book about how to do it down through your junior high it's called the mongoose system it's actually a brilliant basketball book on how to teach pressing shifts offense to young kids third grade all the way up but yeah going back to you what defensively have you done to be able to where you have this the tempo that you want but you're not just giving up layups yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like that. Oh, I think, um, well, some of it is we are a little more conservative off misses. I think I mean, we still press, but it's uh, usually it's either we usually have assigned ball stops and, and, and guys filling lanes. Uh, we've done we've done a couple of different miss shot defenses where we've kind of pressed almost run a defensive break off of an offensive miss where we're. We're, we're ball stopping, we're covering basket, ball side, we're covering spots. Um, and then we've also run uh, kind of a, a, a two two one off misses because we, 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 there was a while we were running two two ones on makes and misses. And I remember we went down to um, AM Corp. It was an exhibition game. We went down there that fall 2019 and we lost. But in the game, I think we forced 49 turnovers. Uh, and it was, because we were just so locked in to kind of our spots and, and where we were playing. Um, and so we, you know, we do, we, 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 we try to be really aggressive, you know, before the catch. Um, and then once the ball gets in half court, we're still pressuring, but we also spend a decent amount of time in practice uh, working on half court defense, which I'll help that's Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. How, how do you, how do you help them with the mentality of, we want to take chances and and, and help it. Because I, I think a lot of players, especially if they're terrified of making a mistake from their coach, if the culture is I make a mistake, I'm probably coming out or I'm done. Yeah. I mean, in that style, you need them to be. How do you no, create yeah. the aggressiveness that you want? I think it's a. I think it's an everyday practice uh, mindset. It's um, it's 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 working on conversion sequences. It's playing three on three from a uh, uh, a conversion 
space. It's it's four on four continuous. It's, it's setting up all your a lot of your defensive drills to to dictate that. But also, I think it's communication. I think it's it's uh, talking to the guys about why you will come out of a game and why. You, and it's not going to be from missing a shot or necessarily taking a, a risk. It's going to be from not playing hard. Yeah, and not 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 we just yell constantly get ahead of the ball sprint ahead of the ball like we're 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 constantly on them about uh, just not loafing like I, I getting ahead and and we want to be aggressive early and and uh, then we we always tell them let's let's be aggressive early and we'll we'll scale back like we can fix some of that we can fix those those uncalculated risks that are being taken we can have you understand okay this is why you want to go here. On, on a blindside trap and why we want to rotate behind you and how we need to fill spaces on that. Um, but it's, but early on, we're not going to get caught in correcting that. Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to correct guys running through a lane at the wrong time or getting out of position on inbounds or maybe, maybe bumping on an inbound foul. Like we're not going to, the first two weeks of practice, we're not month. We're not correcting any of that. We're just trying to get them to think about one thing and that's just playing as hard as you can play on defense. Um, and and making sure we we try to protect the paint once we get across half court, uh, and then offensively uh, getting to the paint and playing uh, unselfish. And so if we, I, I think one you know on the offensive side thing that has been helpful for some of our players is we don't necessarily. Uh, I don't think guys feel pressure to make shots. I think it's maybe the same thing with defense. Like they don't think they feel pressure about not taking chances. We usually don't sub it unless you. Or taking bad shots, or unless right. you're, you know, what I mean, unless you're, if you haven't put the time in to get the shots, but we're not. It's I, I think it's it's emphasis, and for us, so much about what we emphasize is, are you playing hard, and and that's step one, and then we're going to define that, what we're looking for, and we're going to show you with guys who have been here, this is what it looks like, and this is what's expected. Now, I think if you get too technical too early. You can um, you take away some of that aggressiveness. That's a good you know, point. I, you know, yeah. I think if, if if they're thinking about stepping here, coming here, my my which foot's up, which foot's back. I think if you, you can you can kind of you know really stunt growth. And so it's like no, let's let's show what our footwork looks like, but let's not harp on that. Let's harp on you. You weren't sprinting back to get ahead, or you weren't you didn't come over and trap and come up and take a chance, or that ball went to the basket and you weren't on your guy immediately making the inbound tough. That's in our system. That's a loss. That's like giving up a layup. If we allow the ball to go through the net and they can bring it in uncontested, that's an L. And yeah. so it's like you know that you have to. We and we got and we we want to celebrate that. We want to value that. We want to make sure they know that is like big to to what we're doing. And, and again, that's where my assistant helps and he's able to put together some statistical numbers that 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 show them clearly. It's not just because we want to, but it leads to the, these outcomes. Yeah, it's kind of like full speed effort but with bad footwork is way better than perfect footwork half speed yeah if like you're gonna you'll, press you'll take that yeah like you'll take the uh, the first one yeah. all day long and because yeah, the and we'll, other will you yeah. can work with yeah you can fix it you can fix you can fix getting your thinking show film you can bring them in yeah. you can you're an individual you can fix that what you can't fix is somebody who does if you're gonna if you're gonna try to play this way, you can't fix somebody who's not understanding the idea of conversion, the idea of making inbounds difficult, the idea of sprinting to get ahead of the ball. 
Like if you don't do that, um, you know, little things and you know, showing your goal, we talk a lot about basically jabbing and retreating off the ball. So we're constantly looks like five guys are guarding one and we're constantly mm. foot faking. You know, just little things that like these are pillars that we want to be good at. And then we'll really try to dive into, which is why early on, I, don't know, I think it's probably the reason we struggle early in the season a lot of times because uh, we're, we're so focused on that part of it that it probably leaves us uh, a little less prepared in other aspects of our game, you know. One, one more thing. So offensively, because you attack the paint so well, and I would imagine the pace is, you're playing in space more, you probably utilize the three-point line pretty well. Is there a certain amount of attempts you're trying to get every game, or is it just when they're there, take them, you don't focus yeah. too much? Yeah, we, it's when they're there. We, we've really tried to work a lot recently on the offensive side of – Playing off two, a lot of Nashes and Barclays, even though I've been told I need to update those names because our players don't really know who Barclay is and don't know Nash. They so need to adjust, Coach. Yeah. Those names are fine. <laughs> so we, we do. And we, we work uh, – the thing, and you – I think you would understand this as a former guard and, and, and guy who handled and, and played the way you did, that the idea of – like we want our guys off the ball to know where to go based off penetration. So we will X different spots on the floor. We'll, we'll put we'll put squares for like spacing, where we're going for our initial spacing. Because we have our, our offensive flow is we call it space action movement. We want to make sure every time we're on offense, we have checklists. We, we get our spacing right, whatever our action is we execute, and then we move based off that action. And so we're constantly breaking that down. And so we'll have our boxes for our spacing, and then we have different Xs on the floor for our action or for our movement, so that once we create an advantage, the other four guys know where to go, which I think really empowers the ball handler. Because if I have an advantage, and so many times you hear coaches talk, and I used to talk about get to your spot. Okay, we have an advantage, play by play on playing space and do a one more. But I don't think like I want to construct that so our guys understand where what that looks like. And then once they know what that looks like, let the flow of play happen, but create structure in that flow. Because I don't know if guys can create that structure on their own out of advantages. So we want to mm. really, really spend time, and we spend a ton of time in practice working on getting to advantage spots. And we and we work a lot on the push-pull theory uh, idea of the ball is dribbled at you, pushing away, but it's dribbled away, pulling behind, and feeling behind on all penetrations. Uh, and we really, whenever we get flowing, uh, we've had some offensive like success with doing minimal uh, of, of actions but being pretty good at times of, of getting to our, we could, we just, I mean, we yell at knowledge and get to your exes. Like, yeah, get the it, spots. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and get to these designated spots and yeah. don't, don't watch. Like the ball's dribbled. You have a job to do. When that ball is dribbled away from you, you are constantly moving, but not, but, but moving with intention. That's right. Because I, I don't want to tell them just move and, and, and get open. Because you, you don't want to have Will Farrell going rover. You know, in the middle right. of the court, like right, yeah, exactly. semi pro. Yeah. Yes, you don't want to have Jackie Moon. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and, and so you, I'm going rover, you, coach. You will you not want, go you, rover. You want to minimize rover. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, like, we, we spend so a lot of our offense is is based on that, and uh, we really uh, adopted that the last two years, and I think uh, it's it's been something that. Uh, I think, again, I'm always looking to tweak and get better at, but uh, during the 
pandemic, I was able to spend a lot of time like a lot of coaches uh, studying and getting on Zooms and being around people who who could help me with some of this and, and or, or watching people and not necessarily being around them, but watching people and, and uh, getting better. So um, I believe in I believe in that because I think that movement stuff is is applicable to anything you do. I think mm. everything you do in basketball, you're trying to get an advantage, whatever you run offensively. It's just once when you have the advantage, do your players know what to do and where to go? And if they do, then I feel like offensively, you're going to have a really good opportunity to be successful. I think one one thing I've learned from playing, running less plays, but putting concepts together for players to make plays is that it's not as simple as just letting them attack or be aggressive. The organization Mm-hmm. And the structure that you have to have to truly play fast and free yep. with players just creating on their own. If yep. there's no structure, they yep. will be all over each other in a heartbeat 100%. and yep. advantages will disappear. 100%. Because yeah, it, it takes a lot of control it, to play it, fast. It takes you know, and it takes uh we say we want to try to structure every unstructured situation. So whether it's Turnovers, whether it's advantage, whether it's offensive rebound, whatever is unstructured, we want the guys to know where to get. To We don't want to become structured from the standpoint of we're setting up and organizing, but we want to have structure behind that so that I don't think, again, like you said, I don't think you can keep an advantage if you don't. I think you're going to shrink gaps. You're going to run into each other. You're not going to have the space you need. You I don't, cut I don't at the wrong mean. time. Make yeah. the wrong read. Yep. Yeah. Coach, I'm oh. going to steal that. Uh, the yeah. being structured and unstructured moments like that. That's really yeah. good. It's really yeah. good. Coaches, the Jamoti podcast is powered by Biology. What's your BSA score? The Biology Skills Assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NAIA, NJCAA, and a growing number of NCAA coaches to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This four minute, 40 shot test can be taken free today on the Biology mobile app. Elevate your game. So you've been uh, at Concordia for 17 years now. You, and you got, right? Is that correct? I think so, yeah. I, don't, okay. I get lost. Yeah. I get, yeah. I, I sort of look, so 17 years or yeah. so. And you got Butterfield, that UTD that's been there for a long time. You, there's amazing coaches at that D3 level, you know, especially in Texas. With your playing background, I would imagine over the years you've had opportunities what has kept you there and i'm at really i'm i think i'm asking this for myself as 10 years at grapevine faith with people asking me that question before what's kept me here what has helped you to make kind of the big time where you are i think kind of always having that mindset i think part of and I don't know. So, I mean, I guess I never thought about it from this standpoint, but I, I think part of being successful as a player is like we said, there's a lot of lonely times and you got to make where you are important to stay there. And maybe some of that's traveled with me is always feeling like if I'm in a gym in, 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 in July by myself uh, working out. That's the place to be. I had a football coach when I was at tech as a, as a freshman, I remember his name was, I think it was, Coach Winder, maybe, or one of the coaches. He was an old school military guy, and, and he called me over and he's like, Bonowitz, I can tell you one thing. Just know, wherever, remember this bit of advice wherever you are tonight, that's where the party is. And it was like, yeah, that makes sense. So I, I, 
I didn't get it, but then I got it. Like it's it's just like making where you are what it is. And and you know, I don't think um, I think part of it is I, I like where I work, probably, uh, as you do. You, you you like the administration, you like the people you work with, you like the players you work with. Um, I live in a terrific city. I you know I, I I get to do what I love doing. I get to coach. Coaching is is coaching. Yeah, there's 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 uh, advantages to to being at different levels, no doubt. Uh, but at the same time, you know, as as a head coach, you have autonomy to kind of. Uh, create your schedule and, and do things kind of how you want to do. And once you've done that for a while, maybe there's a little bit of fear or, or just, you know, or, or stubbornness and not wanting to give that up. Uh, and, and again, I think if you can, I think you can, you can get better wherever you are, if you're willing to invest in what you're doing. Like, I don't, uh, yeah. If you're around smarter people and you're, of course you're going to can't help but get better, but that's why, you know, fortunate to have a good assistant who is, is, is really good and smart in a lot of ways and better in a lot of ways than, than I am at, at some of this. And then, you know, choosing people that to surround yourself with coaches and friends who also make you think outside the box and get uncomfortable. So um, I think perspective is important. And I think, you know, realizing that, you know, again, I, I live in a great city and I, I get to here in, 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 couple weekends I, you know, I don't do, get to do much but I'll be at ACL for a weekend and, and enjoying two or three days before we get going and uh, I'll drive home this evening and, and if I want to pick up food from somewhere there's a lot of good dining options in Austin and uh, there's just a lot of uh, pluses and again ultimately I get to coach and I get to and, and you know and, and the guys we work with and coach are it's fun like yeah. you have driven players who who you can, who you can coach, you know, and that's cool. That's fun. Like that. We don't, not that they're not egos. And I mean, cause players are, and I want guys to have egos or, or, or when I say healthy, ego, healthy, healthy. Like healthy ego, healthy ego, like competitive ego. Like yeah. I want guys that think, you know, that's good. Like, yeah. but it's also, it's cool. We, I mean, we have guys that are balancing having a job and classes and having to make sacrifices that I, that I didn't know as a player. I them all the time. Like you guys are so much tougher than, what I was, what you're having to do and how you're having to manage and navigate this and what we're asking you to do. I mean, that's impressive. And so uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's good. Um, you know, I, I have no, uh, especially as I get older, like I'm not in a, in a, in a rush to try to get somewhere to, to just cause I think I have to, if an opportunity were to ever come, that would be like a no brainer opportunity for sure. But I'm not, uh, I'm not pounding the streets and, and it's funny people always are have friends or people have asked like that question, but almost in a way that's like, like, like why am I, like, why haven't almost like in a negative way, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Almost like, you know, like, like what's like, wrong with I, you? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, man, you know, I, 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 you, yeah, you don't, I'm like, I can list off 10 reasons why, what I'm doing is probably, you know, more enjoyable than what you're doing. And, and, uh, and, you know, I think there's, I always too. It's it's good to think about what somebody who has a job. Again, me and me and Coach Cook talk about this a lot. With somebody who has a job that you think they like and you would want, would they trade with you? And a lot of times, they probably would. You know, and you just don't think it. You don't think about it that way because you, sometimes you can get your ego and get caught up and think about how you know yeah. some different opportunities that would be out there. And, and 
like I said, I'm lucky. I work with uh, multiple different university presidents have been really good to me. They allow me to mess up a lot. My ED allows me to mess up a lot and, and, and learn and get better and knows that, you know, and understand that we're trying to do things the right way and, and um, you know, and, and, and build something that we've been able to stay with for a while. So it's a long answer, but no, it's I'm good. not sure I answered it, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, and like you said, it's great coaching and it's competitive. I mean, I'm, 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 we're coaching against guys. It's, it's, you know, it's at a point now where when I first got in the league, there was, there was these you know, older coaches who, uh, you know, I had known of or got to know, and it was like, man, this guy's coach rushing at Louisiana College and Coach Deweese and Coach Butterfield and Coach Holmes and McMurray. You can go, you, you know, all these guys, and then you also become that guy. And you, you all, you know, not that I've had that level of success, but you become that older, that veteran, I guess. Uh, and then you see the younger guys coming up who are working really hard and who you know you're going to have to continue to stay on it, otherwise, you can you can become non-relevant pretty quick. And and I think that's at any level. And yeah. so that's part of it too. And that's where, again, you got, I think you got to have a good assistant and a young assistant who, who helps drive that because it's, as you get older, it is tough to, to continue to do that. It also sounds like, and, and I like to think that I'm in the same place where there's a level of contentment with what you're doing. And yeah. that's not a negative word. No, like that, that right, right, right. you feel right. like you're where you're supposed to be Correct. and you're, you're good with that. It, it, yes. It's not, what's the other, it's not complacency. Exactly. There's a difference, right? There is a like, difference. Like complacency, you're, 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 in a, you're sitting back in a recliner and you get your feet up and you're just Don't enjoying. challenge me. I don't want to work hard. I want to do it. No, no, no. Contentment no. is I love where I am. I love the people. Where, I love the administration. And also I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And it, but like you said, if, if the, if a door opens that I truly feel this was meant for me, that's different, but man, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think as, as again, it goes back to, as a person, you can grow and that's kind of the Victor Frankl man search for meaning kind of, I mean, you can, you can grow in any environment to just allow your, if you, if you have the right mindset and the right approach to it, some people, it's all perspective. And so I can, I can grow here if I'm willing to surround myself with good people and willing to invest in areas I need to invest in, I'm willing to, to, to stretch myself. Uh, then I, I get, yeah, I, I don't feel like, yeah, content is not, is not, it's, it's a good thing. It means you found some place uh, that you feel like you're supposed to be at and you feel like you can grow and you, and, and then once either that becomes complacency or it becomes, uh, negative then i think it's time you got to start because then it's not fair to your players it's not fair to right. your coach it's not fair to the universe once once that once that complacency kicks in and that's something i'm i'm trying to be really really conscious of to make sure i you know you want to find a little bit of balance in life a little bit as you get older but you want to make sure you don't lose that that edge or that fire to like grow and and and, and keep getting better and so uh, i think it's a daily challenge for for a lot of us Coach, the, the speed round is going to help us to know you. We, we know about your basketball game, but maybe more about you as a person. You ready? I'm ready. Favorite ice cream flavor? Rocky Road. How yeah. many? Uh, Probably uh, vegan Rocky Road at this point in my life. Really? you kind yeah. of gone that way? I've gone that way. Mm -hmm. uh, people, 
kind of call me speaking of fraudulent kind of fraudulent when i tell them about 70 to 80 <laughs> percent on that on that track but Coach, you're either uh, all in or you're nothing yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, okay um how many of hours hours of sleep do you need at this point in my life uh probably between five uh, six i can uh, eight if i get eight i'm really good Six, I can function. If I get less than six, recovery for me is is a lot harder. Like I'll, I'll struggle a lot more if I'm if I'm under that six number. Best basketball movie of all time. I mean, it's probably Hoosiers. I mean, as much as like I was a above the rim fan, uh, he got Loved me. It. Loved White it. Man can't jump. Like all those, the, the, the even the, the the pistol. You know, the old school yep. Pete Maravich. Um, Blue chips was fine, but I mean, just from the cinematic, what it meant at the time. The guy wore a sweater. Gene Hagen wore a sweater, like my dad did for many years. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, of of connect to it. So, uh, and then, I mean, and I mean, everybody, you know, when you watch it, Jimmy Chip was kind of who you tried to, you tried to, and the coach is like stubborn. All of it, you know, there's so much about it that, yeah, that to this day, if it's on, I'll watch a you know I'll, I'll watch a little bit of it for high school shot clock or no shot clock i'm for it yeah i have a lot of high school coaching friends who are against it and i understand i just think uh you know we've done we've used it we've hosted a, a beginning of the year high school classic uh, the last two or three years and two of those years we use a shot clock and you know i just like the flow of the game is is it's clean it's yep. it, it, it I think it it allows for, you know, quicker decision making. I think I think the game moves at a better pace. I think it just adds an element that is kind of missing right now. Yeah, player development is the the part of it that. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, well, I'm I'm for it for the player development. Yeah, I think it'll force us as coaches to spend more time developing the individuals, less time Mm -hmm. in sets or in long continuities yeah and where at any because it's the beauty of our game at any given time any of the five need to be able to do something with it correct yeah and so for development from the speed standpoint i'm not going to see it anyway now right i would because we run more of a pressure zone now that, that that allows us to keep our speed but like you said it where we still have paint presence our guys are able to be quick and take chances. But uh, if if we, <laughs> my assistant coach hates when I say this, but if we play too good of defense, then they can have the ball for 45 seconds to a minute. Right. That wears me <laughs> out. And I'll look at them. I'll be like, it's, we're, it's too good. Like we're, so, yeah. we're, we're playing too good. You know, like yeah. I want, I want the possession to be shorter, yeah. but yeah. yeah um, texting or talking. Oh, that's tough. Um, I'm probably still lean, man. I, I my wife would tell you it's, it's texting. Uh, <laughs> I think for recruitment, it's uh, texting. I, I, as far as connecting it, and I feel like like talking is 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 obviously you know more meaningful, deeper, all that. But I feel like if, if you professionally you're trying to get with, to somebody, uh, texting and and. Also, uh, so as, as some of my friends, I got a pretty short attention span. So texting is <laughs> probably conversation I can kind of drift sometimes. So yeah, texting. Favorite holiday. 
Christmas. Yeah. In basketball, who is the GOAT? Man, I would say I argue with people all the time. I would go, um, as he's getting older, it's harder to argue, but I, I, I've said LeBron. I think, uh, I think what he's done, his ability to, to play all five positions and guard all five positions mm. and manipulate a game the way he's been able to manipulate it over his career and do it against the physicality of what he sees. I know maybe not the, you know, the, the fouling and the, the you know, it's the still super, it's the, still physical. It's still, and and oh. like at the end of the day, like, you know, that was great in the eighties, but those are fouls. <laughs> like, I mean, it's oh. like, it's good and all, but like, that's still fouling. And, and like LeBron wouldn't have been physically affected by it. He's just such a, Oh. Such a such a freak, and, and you know what he's been able, who he's been able to take to the finals. Some of the performances he's put on, yeah. And I grew up in the Jordan era, and I was a Larry Bird guy, grow, like kid growing up. You know, my I, I, I was my guy, and then watching Jordan, I was a come fly with me, and Jordan was the guy. <laughs> you know, like I I never thought you'd see another. But when you think about the fact that LeBron is basically Karl Malone's size, yeah. but a point yeah. magic. You know, people compare him to Jordan all the time. To me, he's more of a magic. Johnson type of guy. He's a more he's athletic, a beast, guy. magic. Yeah, he's, just, he's a fast. He's a pass. If I can, he's going to be the all-time scoring leader, and he's really a pass first player. Yes, uh, he defers to his teammates quite a bit. Yeah, and it's not so much that it's because I don't think he's scared of the moment. No, I just think he's uh, he's his his basketball IQ. Again, I think if he wanted to be, he could have been the greatest point guard to, to play the game because he has such he manipulates everything and he does he does it he. You know, whatever the flaws, whatever, but like you can tell he does have a certain joy when he plays of getting other guys connected and playing. Now, maybe not the same joy that Magic showed or something, like that, but but there's a certain uh, way that he plays where uh, he is a uh, almost like a pass first guy. And so to do that, it's to take some of those cab teams he took to the yeah. finals. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Against great else. competition, too, Against at that great time. competition. And yeah. to lose People are somebody lost in the finals, but he's losing to the Warriors. He's losing to the Spurs, like all time. The the Pistons were at their heyday, knocking him out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he, and then the performance he put on against the Pistons in that game six yeah. or whatever, where he closed them out <laughs> and he scored twenty five straight points, whatever it was. And and then again to take no, and the other the other, and maybe this is some you could say, well, he's brought some of this on, but he's also the only guy to uh, that I can think of that's moved to the dip, three different franchises. And done it with multiple coaches mm. in multiple systems, and when he's left that previous place, it's a you know, it's, we argue when he left that previous place, like their their record has dropped significantly more. His impact is significantly greater. So, I mean, there are some things that I do. There are times when I watch him, and, and you wish he would be a little more have a little more quote unquote you know killer or whatever. No doubt, that. but but. Uh, I think just from the ability to to play and do the stuff he does, people that I don't know, I, I just I think it's 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 a tough argument. It's one that obviously never <laughs> won, but but if I had to start a franchise uh, in their prime, yeah, I would I would start it with LeBron just because I know you can you can build so many pieces around him. I think it's a great argument, and I'll go one step further for him off the floor. Well, he's no he's a great ambassador for the game. He's never been in trouble. 
he he does things in his community like you think back to a lot of the 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 other people in that conversation there might be some times or moments when their character or lack of or showed in some ways he's been pretty stellar in in an era where everything is under a microscope for him i mean he's incredible started a school he's given opportunities to communities that would have been up he's not afraid to put his opinion out about political, social, whatever it may be, movements. Yep. And, and and he seems to, be, again, he seems to be a good husband and good dad. Like, and that's pretty cool. And, and when you consider coming out, the hype he had, he's exceeded oh. the hype he had. When you're called the king high in high school, when, odds and, are you're going to fail. And the, and right. And the play, <laughs> I mean, we're thinking about like guys like Felipe Lopez and guys who were coming out that were just these can't miss guys whenever we were growing up and, or not was, and this here comes another one that you think is going to be, and then he is that, and he's more. And like you said, there's so much social media. Like if he is, his ability to cover up that there is something is, is unbelievable because <laughs> every, I mean, you're exposed hourly yeah. on that thing. And yeah. so, yeah. Coach two more. Cause we really went deep into some of the speed yeah. round questions. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? I'm not a coffee drinker. I, I haven't, I, I tried to drink coffee, uh, try to get into it maybe 10, 15 years ago and just couldn't acquire a taste for it. I always say I wasn't tough enough to drink coffee. I didn't throw nothing but sugar and cream in it. So I just, right. I, I just drink water. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, You're a, water, I'm a guy. water and an unsweet tea guy. All right. Last awesome. one. Godfather, Star Wars or neither? Star Wars. Nice. Yeah. I was a, uh, my dad was a Godfather. I, you know, I, I grew up, that was one of the, five or six VHSs we had in the house was Godfather, Raging Bull, National Blues Vacation. Uh, there was some of the Caddyshack. There were some that were there that I grew up watching on repeat. Um, but uh, Star Wars, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a Star Wars. I would like to think I'm more of a Star Wars nerd than I am. My wife reminds me I'm really nice. I don't know all the, the, you know, uh, the whole stories canon. Behind. I don't know all of it, but I, I, but I, but again, I grew up in that era where Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, yeah. and, and yeah, there's a new one that comes out. I'm, 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 now I'm not lining up to see it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna see. Coach, it. you're dressed up, aren't you? When you, <laughs> no, but Tyler Costin um, is a bigger Star Wars fan than you and I are because he was telling me. I mean, he's gone through all of the, even the, the computer, the, the animated series, mm-hmm. uh, Clone mm-hmm. Wars. He's gone through all those because he actually said that the stories and characters in that like really matter to the. The entire canon. I haven't I haven't gotten that deep, but I do love it. No, so yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, coach, this has been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you. You just gave up a ton of time talking hoops. I'm fascinated with how you play. And but then also just the the player that you were, the coach that you are being at your school for so long, man. It was incredible. Coach, thank you. And I I mean I feel kind of uh, like I need to. I, I, again, you're one of the, I, a guy I need to be in talk. We need to talk because, uh, you know, we have similar mindsets. It sounds like as far as what we want to do. And I, I, I need to, you're one of those guys in the other list of my like, guys I need to reach out to and talk to and pick your brain and, 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 and figure out, you know, from you kind of, uh, you know, what you, you know, how you do what you do. Cause, cause yeah. I know we've talked a lot about our style and that, but, uh, anything we can add i'm all I, and, and i mean that like i want because there aren't a lot of not a lot of pressing guys and in, in, that, that do it and so it's almost like kind of a, a, a your own little different club or you know it's like sure. if, you, if you find those guys uh you want to get on the phone and just yeah. 
because yeah, it, that idea of like you said of, of playing fast and how fast can I go and those are conversations I've had ad nauseum with like Coach Evans and with different people. Just like man, what is this fat? What is the fast way we can play where it still makes sense and we have a chance to win? Yeah. You know? and so I would love. I, I, I thanks for having me on because I, I I feel kind of foolish that I didn't. I remember I remember you as a player and I do. I, you were a good player, I man. I remember. Uh, out of high school, and I remember you at Baylor, and I remember uh, you know watching you. And I was, and I'm not ashamed watching you. I was, you know, I was doing the radio there, and, and respecting because I know how hard it is um, to make it. And you know, it's one thing to get there, and it's another thing to make it uh, for four years. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're going through ups and downs, and uh, you know, getting some minutes, but maybe not, and then sticking with it, and having some challenges that you're every day going against physically and just trying to, you're just trying to survive, man. You know what I mean? Like you're just trying to get to the next day. And so when you see some, you know, somebody did that for four years every day, man, it's, it's not easy. And so I, I always from a distance have had respect for, you know what I mean? I just uh, never had a chance to know you, you know, I just, I, right. I, I've seen, this, I know you've had a lot of guests on this podcast. I follow that. I know you wrote a book. Like I know I've seen you on the screen with, you know, the documentary and I've seen different stuff of you. <laughs> and so I've known, of you just and, and just again never had a chance to actually connect with you so yeah uh, I, I do I, I I genuinely appreciate you having me on so I could learn more about kind of what you do and, and allow me to and coach Carson I gotta thank him too he's done he kind of helped bridge a gap when yeah. we were down at TABC and and again he's always I joke but he's always been great him I guess there are multiple guys off that team that, that beat his ear and so uh, getting to know him and some of the doors that's open. It's, it's crazy what that how basketball allows. It's one of the things that allows so many doors to be open and so many right. relationships. It's really cool and it's really something that uh, is fun. So this was again, this was fun for me. I I uh, do appreciate you having me on. And hopefully we can we can stay in touch, man, and uh, you know talk more about this. You know these ideas and uh, again maybe coach. Yeah, I'm help always you a bit. down. I can add some things. I'm always yeah. down to talk fast basketball. It is, it is definitely one of my passions and, and getting to, to listen to you was awesome. If coaches were, have a question about your system, the, the pressing, uh, any, anything else that you do, even your culture. Cause I thought th- there was some awesome stuff there. What's a great way for them to, to get in contact with you. They can just uh, call me on my cell. It's you have, but it's, it's, it's five, one, two, seven, nine, six, nine, two, seven, eight. And, um, uh, that's the best way because I mean I give my email, which is fine, but like if they you just text me or call and, and like I'm pretty accessible, honestly. So uh, get in touch with me. It's, I'm not I'm not very I'm not that important. So get in touch with me. <laughs> <pretty simple. laughs> Coach, you're my first uh, Mr. Texas basketball I've ever spoken to. So you're pretty important. But hey, no, thank you so much, Coach. This was awesome. Hey, thanks, Coach. Good luck with this. Good luck with your season. Let's stay in touch. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.